turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is hour two on this Taco Tuesday. Do y'all have any tacos today or y'all too busy eating that Halloween candy? Joining me for this hour, as always, every night of the week now is you're not likely to get this when you go trick-or-treating at the door, but you might really need them to be handing you some of this. It's DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. High heat. Sesame Broccolini. You know, I uh, I have to say, I am very happy to not be dealing with uh, the trick-or-treating. Um, I'm just not, I don't know if you, I don't know if you trick-or-treated a lot as a kid. I don't know if that was big in your life. It was big in my life for like five years, and then it just wasn't. And uh, I'm okay with that. I don't it really. It was huge in my life. Okay. It was huge in my life as a kid because I had parents that I, I um, it's, it's kind of weird because. Uh, you know, I, I really didn't have the biggest sweet tooth in the world as a kid. And when I did, it was more about hard candy versus, you know, I didn't like a lot of candy bars. It just wasn't my thing. I was always a cake eater, but it was the idea of getting stuff for free that just thrilled me. I didn't even care that much. Um, what I got, I mean, I just wanted, I, it was about volume. <laughs> the idea that I got to go door to door and like get free candy was just like, I just love that. I just loved it so much. Um, I didn't care that much. We didn't really have cute costumes. I mean, it was a sheet, you know, our, over our head and, you know, holes poked out for a ghost or the little plastic masks with the little, you know, things that would dig into the side of your skull and were super, super hot. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I just, I absolutely adored going around and getting free candy. Absolutely loved it. Um, and then, of course, you know, my brother and sister and I were obsessed. And one of the things that I didn't like that my parents did was that they would, after going through it, daddy making sure that there were no razor blades or poison uh, in the candy, he would pull it all together and try to divide it up amongst the three of us. And I'd be like, well, maybe my brother wasn't as good at the door and getting people to hand over, you know, some quantity. Why would, why would I want to split things three ways? See, I was anti-communist and anti-socialist as a kid. I wasn't about the collective when I was a kid. I was about, I went and hustled at the door, used my cuteness to get more candy than he did. And why should he get any, any of my score? Uh, Did you have siblings? Can anybody relate out there to the to the you know um, uh, to the the issue of trying to uh, being being pressured to share your supply? I wasn't I wasn't about that as a kid. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I 
I think it was more like my my parents. They my mom, you know, had a sweet tooth. I've got a sweet tooth bad from both sides of my family. Actually, I've got a double or a triple sweet tooth in me. I know I do. I've got a few sweet teeth, um, but I was always okay with mom taking a few because you know she'd watch us all night long and let us go out in the neighborhood and go to different neighborhoods and get the king size candy bars and stuff from the fancy houses. And I always appreciated it. But what I didn't like is that she would take the best pieces of candy she'd only take a few but she'd take all of my favorites uh and there, there was no democracy there was no voting there was no, no veto she was straight up communist she was straight up castro absolutely she was like look you little peasants no look property you rights peasants. you're getting you're getting the you're getting the the castaways and because the elites always end up with all the goods and the peasants <laughs> end up you know waiting in line for the stale bread <laughs> so that's what was going on in your family. Yeah, the regime's so, always you know, well I, fed in communist countries. Isn't that isn't it funny how that works? Yeah. <laughs> how the people are all equally starving and equally poor, but so there's your your yeah. equity for you. We're all <laughs> just as dirt poor as each other, but hey, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's always the the corrupt regime. It's it's their they own everything, they get everything. And that's what, what that's what we're going to. I mean, look at the tax rates, mm-hmm. honestly, even today. It's like we're we're already the government for every dollar I make, how much money is the government spending? Because we're thirty four mm-hmm. trillion in debt, so it's gotta be they're spending way more than we can even generate just in revenue every year and but hey, at least they got more IRS agents, you know, that are out there uh, now with their uh, their new budget. Um, and that's the that's the real lesson on Halloween. When you're a kid, you think scary things are like monsters and ghosts, and then you grow up and you realize the real terror is crime, corruption, border insecurity, multiple proxy wars that we can't afford. Those are the real things that keep me up at night now. And the boogeyman is not the boogeyman isn't under your bed, right? The boogeyman is showing up at your door, flashing a badge that he's FBI. Bingo. We're saying they're the IRS. And let me tell you, the IRS, and I'm glad you brought that up because the new sheriff in town, Speaker Johnson, has a plan for aid for Israel. And his plan is that he and he uh, is going to uh, put it out there for, uh, you know, and I'm not an expert on all the machinations. When I studied political science, it was political philosophy versus the civics end of committees and this vote and this vote and how and how all that works within Congress. Um, but here here's his plan. He's going to do a standalone aid package for Israel. And for every dollar that goes to Israel and the plan is 14 billion He's going to take fourteen billion away from the IRS. Why would the left be hysterical about that? The left says, including Joe Biden, that if you were making under four hundred thousand dollars a year, you were not going to have to pay any new taxes. And they've they've declared that uh, that all, they're only going to go after quote the fat cats and that are these eighty seven thousand new IRS agents are supposed to only go for the for the richy riches those that are that are rich and quote the one percenters that are not quote paying their fair share. Think about that, America. While you're struggling right now, and and by the way, there's experts that are saying you think prices are bad at the gas pump right now. It's about to get way worse as things heat up over in the Middle East way worse. So as Americans are struggling to pay for gas, for food, rent, San Diego, especially if you're in Southern California, San Diego is the most expensive place in the country to live. And the left is hysterical tonight that in order, while we have 34 trillion in debt, then in order to give aid to our number one ally in the Middle East, they got to take 
only for, and, and by the way, this is from a $60 billion fund right now that quite for the IRS, that quite frankly, we shouldn't even be funding at all. And all we're going to do is take 14 billion away from the IRS. That should tell you how intent they are for the IRS to be stomping on your neck, small business owner on your neck, low and middle income American. That's who they're going after. They love to, to, to manipulate you into thinking that they only are going to be using the IRS to go after the one percenters. And by the way, who is a one percenter who the IRS didn't go after? Hunter Biden. Here's, I think we've got a clip actually of Chuck Schumer uh, decrying how terrible this is, uh, this, new, this new aid package. Uh, Sesame Broccolini, if you could play that clip from Schumer. I think it's second from the last. We must stand with our allies in Israel. We must send humanitarian aid to innocent civilians in Gaza. We must hold the line against Vladimir Putin by supporting Ukraine. And we must rebuff the aggressions of the Chinese Communist Party in the Indo-Pacific. The best, most efficient, and fastest way to help is through bipartisanship. In fact, it's the only way. And that's why I was so deeply disappointed by Speaker Johnson's first major legislative action, a purely partisan action. House Republicans released a partisan and woefully inadequate package with no aid to Ukraine, no humanitarian assistance for Gaza, no funding for Indo-Pacific, and poison pills that help wealthy tax cheats avoid paying their fair share. And the irony of it all is their whole idea with pay for is to reduce the deficit. This poison pill increases the deficit. Their price for helping Israel and abandoning America's responsibilities around the globe, making it much easier for the ultra-rich to cheat on their taxes. How the heck could that be their highest priority? It's only when the hard right governs the Republican caucus. All friends of Israel should say loudly and clearly that any move to make the U.S.-Israel relationship a partisan one is a move that hurts Israel. Shame on him. What an absolute clump of cat litter. First of all, saying uh, it can only happen through bipartisanship. Look, the Democrats are only interested in bipartisanship when the Republicans are in the majority. The Republicans are in the majority, Chuck Schumer, which means at least in the House, which is where the spending comes from. Because the American people gave them control. We control the spending. And with the majority, even though it's only a four seat majority, the Republican Party should be using that power of the purse to stop the insanity of the $34 trillion in debt. And what a liar he is in saying that this is going to increase the deficit, which is different from the debt. This is because it's only going to help the wealthy. I've already said, clear, and, and, and it, that doesn't even make sense. Because by the way, if he's going to talk about, you know, um, giving, t- uh, talk about tax cheats, that's the Biden administration, right? Joe Biden and his crackhead son, Hunter, who, by the way, just uh, recent, I'm not sure if I talked about it on the show or not. There's new uh, reports out, new new records that were found that during the campaign in 2020, Hunter Biden got money, $250,000, supposedly as a loan from a, from a Chinese executive. That loan was paid off, 
paid off by a Joe Biden donor, a Hollywood attorney who Hunter Biden met at a campaign fundraiser in L.A. These are the tax cheats with these IRS, with this additional funds and 87,000 additional IRS agents were for was to go after the low and the low and middle income people. Like going after your Venmo transactions that are $600 above. You think any one percenters use Venmo? You think one percenters care? Right now, there's so many one percenters that there's so much in the tax code that benefits the one percenters. The tax code does not benefit the small business owner. The tax code does not benefit the middle income Americans in this country. That's who's getting killed and getting killed by the IRS. And we do not need to give. And these same people that are saying, that are crying about Israel, wanting a ceasefire from Israel, saying war is not the answer, want us to continue to give a blank check to Ukraine with no demands, no pressure on Ukraine to do anything to provide peace. And Ukraine is nothing but a money laundering scheme. And by the way, Indochina, no, what they what they don't want is any fiscal accountability. And so they're trying to gaslight and trying to exploit the Jewish voter right now who should be looking at the Democrats and going, you're not my party. You're the party of the terrorist. Speaker Johnson said uh, in, in an interview that the Israel-Hamas war is a matter of good versus evil. See, what they don't, and that's one of the reasons why they hate this new sheriff in town, because he knows who the real enemy is. He knows who's on the side with the enemy. And you know what? Jewish voters are going to know it as well. Speaking of Jewish voters, they need to be paying attention to every aspect of the Democrats. We talked about the uh, stooges on display, the four stooges. Uh, Curly today, Senator Mayorkas, uh, was put in the hot seat by, by, I believe, Josh Hawley over an employee at the DHS whom Mayorkas defended. We're going to talk about that when we come back, so don't go away. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Hey, if you can get to Miami next week, or if you're in Miami, you have an opportunity to go to. I would love to go to a presidential debate, and not because I like anybody who's going to be on the stage next week. Um, we don't know that Trump is going to end up. Anything could happen to Trump at this point. Anything could happen to all of us between now and then. And to have the opportunity to witness history, which is these people running for office on the Republican side, one of whom may end up being president because we don't know. We None of us have a crystal ball. What an extraordinary opportunity. And I'm proud that Salem Media is one of the hosts of next week's event. And we're actually giving away two free tickets. You're going to need to... Text WIN to enter the tickets. Going to text WIN to, let me give you the number here, 94878 for your chance to win two free tickets in Miami next week. So, um, again, if you want to enter to win two tickets to next week's GOP debate, text WIN to 94878. Um, I love to think when there's debates, especially for this one, because I, I love to think of... What I would ask, 
what I would ask these guys if I was there. I don't know that they're going to take any questions from the audience. There, I doubt they are. But, uh, you know, I think what I would ask, and here's a question that I used to ask when I was, yes, when I was uh, judging Miss America pageants at the local level. One of my favorite questions was always, what's the one question you did not want to be asked tonight? And that was such a stumper. They, uh, 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 um, what? People are never prepared to, to be asked that question. So um, that that if I ever had a chance to do an interview of somebody high profile, I probably shouldn't say this now because they would be they would be tipped off to it. But don't you think that's a good question, Sesame Broccolini? That is one of the best questions I think I've ever heard. That I would want that. I would certainly want the answer to that. That I think would be very revealing um, in so many ways. So I think that's a really, really interesting question. I'd never heard of that before, but I'm glad that you mentioned it because that's a game changer. Honestly, that's that's really interesting to me. It is a game changer because it reveals a lot. It reveals uh, somebody's ability to think on their feet, their ability to be articulate, whether or not they can be self-effacing. Yep. Can they be self-deprecating? Could they bring in a little sense of humor? Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to show personality. It's an opportunity to show somebody how they deal under a little bit of pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I, I love that question. And the cream always rises to the top. They're expecting questions about the border patrol, about the border, expecting questions about Trump. They've all got, they've all, they all know their, their answers to their questions. They know that they're going to be pressured on, um, you know, certain things uh be challenged on certain things but a question like that can can really be a stumper because they're it's just so out of the box it's so unexpected and there's nothing and you've rehearsed for that people don't rehearse for that question like you're saying no there's always uh they ask them about any hot button issue under the sun they have some pre-written pre-thought out rehearsed a million times I want to see what they're like when they're just on their feet. Like you said, they have to improvise, think quickly mm-hmm. and be honest and be candid. I don't want, and that's what I love about people like Trump, honestly. And that's yeah. what I want to see. But we still have some people in the GOP that are trying to follow in those footsteps. I don't know. I, I, so hopefully, you know, there, there's some people I'd like to see. I'd like to see Vivek. I don't know if you'd be interested in seeing him, but I'm still trying to make up my mind about whether or not he's for real or if he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. But I think it'd be interesting to see Vivek on a stage. I think that he is a salesman. Yeah. And a very good one. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it, it, it and I think that he shows my point and proves my point about Ron DeSantis and that and, uh, that. Um, what about being wide eyed and like it or about- not, like like it or not, charisma matters. It's a campaign. That's what sales is. Sales campaigns, advertising campaigns. Everybody is selling something. I think one of the things we need to start teaching in, in, in schools is how to interview for a job, how to, how to sell yourself. And it's something that I learned to be very good at. I spent a lot of time in college planning how I was going to interview for jobs. I spent endless hours in the library at LSU strategically planning interviews, strategically planning interviews. And I've been offered every professional job that I've interviewed for. 
And that's what people and and somebody have people have said to me about DeSantis. Well, he's not an entertainer. It's not about being an entertainer. Vivek Ramaswamy is not an entertainer. Neither is Nikki Haley. Why is Nikki Haley surging? Because she's done a better job of selling herself to people in these debates. I do not want Nikki Haley. If something happens to Trump, I want Ron DeSantis. And so when I criticize Ron DeSantis, it's not because I'm picking on Ron DeSantis. I, it's just, he, he's just a terrible salesman and it can be taught. It can be taught. Um, you can't, with practice. And, and I think that, and it also, you know, the, what I like about my question and, and you hit on something good, authenticity and genuineness is so important. And um, when I watched Tim Scott in Vegas with his, it, it was overly rehearsed. His, it was too, it, it was an attempt at, at, at the Jewish Republican event this weekend. It was too rehearsed. Um, Ron DeSantis is a great manager, terrible campaigner. His influencers online have really done him dirty. They're absolutely terrible. Um, so anyway, I, if, if I had an opportunity to be at the debate, I would love to be at the debate next week. So enter to win. Um, I'm loving, speaking of squirming and canned answers, Mayorkas just did an abysmal job today with his canned answers. Um, he actually was grilled. I thought a really interesting moment that is eye opening and revealing to and should be especially to uh, Americans of all persuasion who are concerned about national security, but particularly Jews in this country, is Mayorkas when he was being grilled on a DHS anti-Semitic employee, Sesame Broccolini, if you can play that clip. What about people who say things like, on October the 7th, F Israel, I'm cleaning up the language here, F Israel, the government and its military, are you ready for your downfall? People who say things like F Israel and any Jew who supports Israel. May your conscience haunt your dreams until your last breath. Palestine will be free one day. F apartheid Israel and is any Israeli. What, this is pretty extreme rhetoric, don't you think? Senator, um, I do, and I think there is a distinction between espousing or endorsing terrorist ideology and... Uh, speech uh, that is uh, odious, that does not rise to that um, level. Fair enough. This person works for you. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow is right. Wow. This is who talking about rehearsed this, answers. My Orcus, I wonder how many times he just sits in a mirror a day. He's got to spend hours in the yeah. just practicing calm face, poker face, don't give any emotion because these are such obvious slam dunks and he just has to play dumb or stick his head in the sand. I mean, your own employees are basically encouraging a genocide. How do you how do you spin yeah. that? You know, <laughs> that's our homeland security. And by the way, DHS was brought to you guys by. Uh, speaking of cowboy boots with lifts in them, George W. Bush bloated our government, expanded the Islamic State within the United States of America, imported as many terrorists as he could under the guise of, oh, you know, he's the reason why Rush Limbaugh says or said, may he rest in peace. They killed us on and attacked us and killed us on 9-11. We've been apologizing ever since. We are now absolutely infested in this country with anti-Semites 
who hate Jews. And let me remind you, it always starts with the Jews and it never ends with the Jews. We've got to be thinking about how we are going to route out this problem, this infestation. We're in, there's a global jihad going on and the United States government is a part of it. That's just the truth. Now we got to figure out how we're, how, how we're going to fight back against it, how we're going to route it out. Trump can't do it alone. Everybody's, oh, when Trump gets, gets back in office, Trump cannot do everything alone. He couldn't the first time. Why would anybody expect him to do it all on his own? We've got to start getting active. And it starts with educating people. If you've missed any part of this show, I don't know how many people are going to be talking tonight in conservative media about the DHS having people involved who are, who are calling for jihad against Jews, spewing that level of anti-Semitism in this country. We've got it in Congress. We've got it in the Department of Homeland Security. We've got it in our colleges and our universities. Yes, you're entitled to free speech in this country. We need to talk about that when we come back. And Mayorkas's defense here is free speech. And the subject of free speech came up today as well with the three with the four stooges as FBI Director Ray was grilled on the FBI working with social media outlets to censor Americans. Stay tuned. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Rolling into our final two segments here tonight on Taco Tuesday. I'm getting hungry for some tacos. I'm going to make me some homemade tacos. I was at a Mexican restaurant over the weekend because I eat Mexican food all the time. And I ordered um, non-paid advertisement. I was at Fidel's up in Salina Oh, Beach. yeah. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Fidel's. Legendary <gasps> spot. Oh, absolutely legendary. And my friends were laughing because I got the gringo tacos, which is ground beef. Because <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love my carnitas, my carne asada, I love, I love, you know, chicken tacos. Every once in a while, you just got to go, you got to go Americano and get the gringo tacos with the ground beef. No shame. So I, they're good. Yeah, no you know, shame. It, no shame at all. So I'm not sure which brand of taco I'm going to eat when the show is over. Um, so before the break, we were talking about some revelations that came out today from Curly, uh, director of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, today in front of committee and Josh Hawley busting him on the anti-Semitic employees at DHS. And his defense was, well, you know, it's, you know, a country of free speech. Oh, really? I love it when the left likes to, you know, trot out. Uh, the First Amendment, when it defends, when it, uh, you know, when they want to defend anti-Semitism. Meanwhile, I'm old enough to remember when, you know, uh, the left was actually using social media platforms to try to silence anybody that might, you know, want to say anything that upset the snowflakes or if you wanted to share any information about Hunter Biden in the laptop or if you wanted to share information about COVID shots. In fact, um Let's see which one of the, I think it was Larry, the uh, stooge Larry was questioned. FBI Director Ray was questioned by Rand Paul today, was confronted over whether or not the FBI is still meeting with social media companies to uh, censor. Uh, Sesame, if you can play that clip. 
the First Amendment. Director Ray, same question. Is the FBI still meeting with social media companies? Uh, we're having some interaction with social media companies, but, uh, <laughs> but all of those interactions have changed fundamentally uh, in the wake of the court's rulings. That's sort of an acknowledgement that perhaps you weren't just talking about national security, child pornography, and human trafficking, right? You had other areas of, of discussion that did involve constitutionally protected speech. No, no, that's not an acknowledgement of well, that. Then how did you change your behavior? Uh, out of an abundance of caution, uh, in, in order to make sure that we don't run afoul of any court ruling, I would say, by the way, of course, that the injunction has been stayed uh, by the Supreme Court. Did, did any uh, anybody from the FBI ever discuss constitutional Institutionally protected speech with social media organizations? Not to my understanding. Vaccine uh -huh. efficacy, never discussed any post concerning vaccine efficacy? Well, uh, certainly not, because to my understanding, uh, as, as you know, the, the FBI was the first and for a long time the only agency in the intelligence community to assess that the COVID origin was most likely from a lab leak. Uh, so the idea you, that I, we I, were I engaging you, I in. I commend you for yeah. that, but. The Twitter files and other indications, as well as the Missouri versus Biden, list many cases of both DHS and FBI discussing constitutionally protected speech, vaccine efficacy, mask e efficacy, um, people who said, my brother got the vaccine and died yesterday. And the brother actually did die, but proof of cause and effect is one thing. But taking down posts like that was part of the discussion in these meetings. Not by the FBI. We, we would not have been engaging with social media companies about vaccine efficacy, to my knowledge. All right. A lot to uh, say here about this. First of all, I, I probably should have set, uh, set the stage a little bit before this question. What Rand Paul was, was leading into there, um, and a, if they were still meeting, uh, he was referencing, uh, and what Ray was referring to as well, is we know that we had two attorneys, General Landry and Bailey, out at Landry from Louisiana, and former A.G. Bailey out of Missouri, filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration for censoring speech. Uh, the proof was overwhelming, so much so to where a district court and an appellate court upheld a stay on the activities of censoring the American public. So for Ray, and if you notice when Ray was asked about it, um, so that's why what what Rand Paul was uh, was asking him about, are you still meeting with? Oh no, we're 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 not. Well. Um, uh, now that there's been, you know, particularly on the on the ruling from the court. Um, so then so that's why Rand Paul was like, um, he said, we've changed our behavior. So Rand Paul was like, well, well, you wouldn't have needed to change your behavior. In other words, if you weren't violating people's First Amendment rights. Oh, no, we weren't violating anybody's First Amendment just out of an abundance of caution. It reminds me of a few good men when he's like, um, if Santiago was safe. You ordered, you know, him to be safe and people always follow you, follow your orders. Why would Santiago have needed to be transferred? Oh, he was a substandard Marine. No, that's not what you said. You said people follow orders or, or you know, they die and people always follow your orders. So why would he have needed to be transferred? It's the same thing going on here. It's crap. Oh, well, you know, we wouldn't have taken anything down from COVID because we were the agency that pointed out uh, that the origins came from the lab. What does that have to do with mask or shot efficacy? FBI, you know, outed what everybody already knew that it came from the Wuhan lab didn't mean that the FBI was not coordinating with social media 
on suppression of speech areas and not just COVID. And then he said, well, it wouldn't have been COVID. Well, I did Rand Paul follow up and talk about the fact of how they intentionally, and yes, they did on COVID, but most importantly, they did on the Hunter Biden laptop story. Every bit of this was about controlling the outcome of elections by suppressing speech. And when it came to COVID, it involved people dying. They did not want the American people to know that these shots were poison. This cannot be overstated. I'm tired of Fauci being being brought into committee and lying. It's time for there to be accountability. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Final segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Don't go away. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before the break, we were talking about uh, the grilling of kind of grilling. It's never quite grilling enough for me. I'm not even that much interested in the grilling anymore with these hearings, dragging the people like Christopher Ray in. Before the break, we were talking about uh, Rand Paul grilling him over the FBI having secret meetings with social media companies because at this point, there just needs to be accountability, honestly. I mean, uh, you know, ha- has there been one FBI agent that's been fired because they violated somebody's First Amendment rights? No. FBI Director Ray was bragging about how, you know, they were the first agency to say, yeah, you know, it's likely that this thing came out of a lab. Well, where, where's the indictment on Fauci? Where's the arrest? Man's still on a pension from us. And what the FBI did is blatant electioneering by withholding the truth from the American people. Did Rand Paul follow up with, with FBI Director Ray today with the fact that they now know that there were 83,000 emails? that Joe Biden had involving Joe Biden and three aliases while they're suppressing the Amer- it's a, the cover the cover-ups are all about not just aiding Biden because they like Biden but it's about controlling the outcome of elections so that they can solidify their power that's what's going on in this country i think i said it last night you know, um, do we even, I, I don't even know that I could say that I have any trust at all whatsoever in our elections anymore. There's just so many ways in which it's being cooked. It's being cooked in a Colorado courtroom right now as they try to keep Trump off the ballot. It's being cooked with these lawsuits and these gag orders against him. It's being cooked all across the country with, you know, um, all the different machinations that goes on. It's being cooked with the RNC deciding uh, which Republican, you know, candidates they're going to support with money, which they're not. You know, it's it, honestly, it's depressing. It truly is. Anything that you want to add to this, Sesame Broccolini? I look at what the FBI has been doing, and you talk about election interference. Look, this organization's been meddling in our elections in 2016, 2018, 2020, 22, and I'm sure they will again in 24. And at this point, <clears throat> I just think the whole organization itself is so corrupt, it's beyond repair. I want to see massive budget cuts every single time we we propose another omnibus spending bill. The FBI gets a pay raise, and I just don't understand how because they operate like like a shadow government, like a secret branch of the government, a bunch of unelected bureaucrats who have basically no oversight from the people. And like you're saying, no accountability. 
and they just get up on, on, on the stand in front of Congress and they lie. Christopher Ray's yeah. lying. He's perjuring himself. And that should tell the American people the FBI director would sooner lie and cross his own lines than actually level with the taxpayers who are funding his quasi-terroristic police state activities. So, yeah, for me at this point, it's like enough with the hearings. The time for investigations is over. The time for talking is over. I want massive budget cuts. Um, and I want to see that organization just completely abolished. I don't see – I think all of their tasks could be reassigned. I don't see any real reason yeah. why we have to keep them. I don't think they do anything so important or so proprietary that we have to keep them. We've um, got U.S. Marshals. We've got now uh, – with the, with we've the got the ATF, the, the DEA. And the technology. Yeah. yeah, we don't need them. We don't need them. And, you know, I don't know that we really ever did, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. I don't we've got we've got enough. We've got too many intelligence agencies. Are there are any of them keeping us safe? No. You know, we we've got not with an open border. And, oh, you know, the FBI director, we're you know, we're looking. We've Mm -hmm. got our eyes on certain people. Sixty thousand special interest aliens. They brought in one hundred and fifty thousand terrorists and terrorist sympathizers from Afghanistan. I mean, we're just so vulnerable right now. It's not even funny. We've never been this vulnerable. Just We've to, never been this vulnerable. And they, and so many American people are walking around with no idea how vulnerable we really are because we're a big country geographically in some ways. And and then and then uh, we've got a lot of wide open spaces, but we've also got a lot of crowded cities where these people can blend in. Right. And we're, we, uh, you know, I, one of the things that I would suggest to people and we and we are to some degree still free to where, you know, our freedoms are complete, completely being used against us. And we don't have, we're not protected. We're not protected at all. Um, in fact, our government is, is working against us. That's the There's whole no point of the Patriot Act. That's the, and that like, you know, and we were talking about this earlier. That's the whole idea. The, the, and it's so sad to weaponize nine 11, just to create a bloated security state so that you can target Christians and conservatives 15 years down the line. I mean, I don't think people necessarily even understand this, but the FBI every single year is wiretapping the phones of nearly 200,000 Americans without their consent and without their knowledge and without the constitutional right to do so. Um, And this is all, you know, this is, I don't know where it's going to go from here, but it feels like we're, we're losing this Republic. I'm sure you feel it, but at some point yeah. it's like, why even have elections? The same people, regardless of like we're like you were saying earlier, D's and R's, it doesn't make much of a difference. It's establishment. Yeah. It's a uniparty swamp. They all scratch each other's backs. They cover for each other. They line each other's pockets with our money, um, and then they hollow out the middle class and let hordes of people basically conquer us through democracy. Yeah. It's conquest via democracy. So, yeah, I I look at this, really the whole DOJ, but particularly at the FBI, and it would be different if we were safe, if we weren't so vulnerable. But it's like, where did all this money go for all these FBI agents, all the field offices, all the salaries? What is it really funding? Because it feels like it's It's funding a bunch of activists and biased. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It's certainly not going to it's protecting the American people to, or identifying real terrorists that are coming into this country. No. It's, it, 
What a and joke. it's not just the FBI, it's the Department of Justice as well. Yep. And not even the Department of Justice at the federal level. It's also issues happening, you know, at, at uh, courts all across the country. We've got these far leftist and dictators in black robes at lower court levels and criminal court levels and district court levels all across this country. All across this country. There's a story out of Nevada today. I want to end on this. Oh, by the way, I do. No, let me end. Maybe how many? How many? How much time do we have left? Mm, we, have got a, we got a few minutes. Um, I want to read an email from Mo. She says, "Happy Monday." Anyway, very troubling times. I'm with your broccoli bud, praying more and more. Been having my doubts for a while about Jesse Kelly. Listening less and less. Some things he says are very disturbing. We will overcome. We have to believe that. Keep up the good work. We need to stay strong. Have a good night. Kiss your baby for me, which is Gator. So we got to remember to pray. We got to remember that the Lord is still on the the throne. We just had a win with Speaker um, Johnson, and um, I, I'm liking what he is what he is going you know with so far. And I'm kind of looking at this story to bring to you guys out of Las Vegas as kind of a good news story. Uh, It's good. It's bittersweet. A 29-year-old Nevada man who was sexually abused by an evil pedophile as a child um, was in court. And the so-called judge gave the man no jail time. No jail time. So the 29-year-old victim... Uh, literally attacked him and knocked him unconscious in the courtroom. I kind of like that. He's 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 uh he's my hero of the week. This twenty nine year old man <laughs> <laughs> knocked him out. You know um, why not? The judge. I mean, think about this. A judge gave him no jail time after he uh, after he raped a child. This is what we've got going on. We've got, I've been saying it for years. There's a movement that many people have. Uh, The sexualization of children is about uh, normalizing uh, pedophilia in this country. And um, when when we've got, so, you know, I I only wish that um, this victim had knocked the judge out as well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that judge really deserves it seriously that j- just yeah unbelievable i don't know how you square that in your own mind no. at some point it's like the letter of the law what set that aside the, the the whole point of laws is to legislate morality and that is clearly immoral and evil and there's just like a, a full-on attack on kids these days i can't even imagine what it must be like to be in school and you're six seven eight all the way up through your teenage years and you have these drag queens and you have these hypersexual beings where their sexualities, they're a whole identity and they're constantly shoving it in your face and down your throat. It's just, I hope kids are doing okay out there. Honestly, I, I'm, yeah. we got to pray for the kids too. And for the families, uh, cause this is just ridiculous and it's why we need school choice. It's why we need options. Yeah. Um, the, this, um, you know, what's even sicker about this story though is that the young man who um, knocked the pervert unconscious mm-hmm. was arrested and charged with a misdemeanor. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Let me tell you what, I don't know if you know this story, um, Frankie Mirabella, if he's listening tonight from Louisiana, knows the family. But back in my day, here's Louisiana justice. This man's son was kidnapped by the son's kung fu instructor and brought here to California and raped. And when the Kung Fu instructor 
was brought back to Baton Rouge as he was walking through the airport. The child's father killed him, shot him in the head at point blank range, live on TV. What? And he wasn't charged with a thing. Wow. That's justice. Pervert got what he had coming to him. That's what needs to happen, in my opinion, to child rapists. That's how we rolled in Louisiana. (laughs) True story. I watched it. I watched it live. So, all right. On that happy note, (laughs) glad to have you guys with me. Email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. Join us every night at 6 p.m. Follow me on the socials. Don't forget our podcast. You can download it wherever you get your pods. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Stay safe. Keep Keep your head on a swivel. Love you.